What is up, Level Up Nation, and welcome to the May 11th edition of Level Up Live, your home for gaming and esports news, brought to you by OTN Media. My name is Fiasco, you can call me John, and as always, I am joined by the king of the courtside, the courtside king, the gaming king himself. I don't know if I Jay, quite call up, myself Mike? the gaming king, but I am trying to follow news as best I can alongside you, John. We do have quite a bit to cover as always we're kind of getting into that fun window for gamers as we approach the summer unfortunately no e3 this year but we do have summer game fest from jeff Keeley. we have other people doing showcases i think ubisoft has announced devolver digital always one of those kind of fun side shows being in there at some point we don't have a date just yet but they have said it is coming on top of that xbox has three showcases lined up there's a big rumor about a playstation one at the end of may and that is just the beginning the summer of gaming is commencing here in just about a month. Uh, it's a beautiful time where people are getting out of school. Uh, things are opening up schedule-wise as people plan vacations and hopefully plan some vacations into these fantastical worlds of video games as we move forward. Uh are we allowed to get out of school also? Like, are we allowed to go on summer break too? Or is that... You like know, that would be amazing. I am 100% down for that as well. <laughs> Cool stuff. Nation, uh, make sure you follow the show on Twitter, uh, Curveball. Uh, We're going to try to consolidate some of our social media accounts. So everything level up related, uh, make sure you follow OTN Media. That is our home uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever account. <laughs> Just follow OTN Media. Uh, and we'll have everything consolidated to that. Uh, those accounts going forward. That's both on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. And while you're on Twitter, make sure you give Joey and I a follow. We are still on Twitter. Uh, Joey at Courtside King, myself at Fiasco. And if uh, podcast listeners, those will be in the show notes for you below. Twitch listeners and viewers, look at your screen. They're right there. It's simple as that. Just like that. And Nation, as always, the live show on Twitch is the place to be. But we also offer the show in podcast form. Check out the Level Up podcast available on your podcatcher of choice. Extra credit. Joey is sending out. Say what? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I can't think of anything. Uh, use that Amazon Prime, that Twitch Prime sub on OTN Media today. Uh, and we do appreciate the support. You don't have to. You don't have to. Honestly, you don't have to. Yeah, your viewership, your listening is enough for us. But if you want to go the extra mile, we would appreciate it. All right, Joey, you touched on a little bit uh, here at the beginning of the show. Is there anything else that we want to touch on uh, topic-wise? That's a great question, Sean. I'm actually still working on a couple of the topics on our notes because there's just been a lot happening, and it's been a little tough to keep up with everything. Uh, unfortunately, we have some bad news in terms of studio closures and project cancellations. But after we get through all of that, we do have some uh -oh. good news for PS Plus subscribers. We have some big news for Nintendo Switch fans over there. Obviously, the Tears of the Kingdom launch coming this week. So touching just briefly on that and staying away from spoilers on that front. Uh, a couple other updates on Project Timelines. A brief look at the summer. Uh, we're also going to highlight a couple little indie games that have popped up recently that look really cool and are very unique. Uh, all three of them will be highlighted a bit later in the show. And then from there, we're going to hit a little bit of a rumor mill, look ahead to a few other activities, events, and game releases ahead. And that will about do it for tonight. Hopefully, runtime about an hour. Uh, smooth airs or clouds, I guess. I don't know. You're the pilot here, John. I don't do these speeches. Um, but overall, hopefully, okay. it'll be a nice departure with a nice landing coming on about an hour later. Is your captain speaking? Uh, we're about ready to take off here. Before we take off here, Joe, it's time for the drink of choice. Booty's already calling us out in chat for it. 
Uh, Joey, your drink of choice uh, for tonight's Unfortunately, non-alcoholic, but it does sound like it should be alcoholic. Uh, this week, I'm drinking a black oh. raspberry with an emphasis on Raz LaCroix. Um, yeah, a little mm. interesting. Would you say it's a raspberry? Uh, no. No. Do, do you even know what Riz is? <laughs> okay, cool. All right, moving on, Boomer. Uh, had to be fiasco too. Yeah, I, I appreciate it, Booty. Thank you so much. Uh, Joey, I have a curveball here for you. Not only okay, do I time have out, though, actually, before you go into this, what, what is this Rizberry thing? What am I missing here? Yeah, berry. Riz? It's, it's, it, no, no, Rizberry is, the berry oh. part's a joke, but Riz is uh, slang, gotcha. uh, current Gen I Z see. slang, Joey, for someone who has game. This. Okay. I thought I was like, missing out on like some cool new, like, fancy alcoholic drink that I didn't know about. <laughs> no, absolutely not. I am bringing Gen Z uh, slang <laughs> into this boy. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, Joey, my drink of choice is the Coke Zero, as always. But Curveball, I'm still working on a fajita. Uh, so uh, we're, we're going to be working through my last fajita during the show as well. Uh uh, pot of luck, uh, bringing in the NFL schedule release. I'm actually, my phone's blowing up on that too. Joey, looks like I'm going to Denver on September 17th because that's when they're playing the Commanders. <laughs> uh, so there we go. Booty's got a Corona. Uh, there you go. Simple as that. Uh, Booty's got a Corona. Joey, you've got your Rizberry. Uh, I have my Coke Zero with my fajita. Joey, let's get into gaming and esports news. And, of course, this segment presented by Gamer Bites. Bite-sized gaming and esports news delivered weekly directly to your inbox. Sign up today. Uh, if you have, uh, if you're on Twitch, check out that link that was just posted. If you're on the podcast, check out the show notes for that link below. Joey, let's get into gaming and esports. Absolutely, news. guys. Go. Kicking off, we're going to hit on those PlayStation news bits. Uh, the first one's being a little bit of a downer, but then from there, we'll take it up with those PS Plus editions. Kicking things off, Sony PlayStation has made the decision to shut down first party award winning studio Pixel Opus. Uh, they're most known for it is a smaller game, but Concrete Genie. Won a couple of awards back in its day, and they were currently working on a PS5 exclusive title that was going to be using Unreal Engine 5 and was in collaboration with Sony Pictures Animation. Not quite sure what that title was, um, but it is believed that the title was shut down alongside the studio, so it doesn't sound like development will continue on that one. Uh, again, this is not a big studio. This is not Sony shutting down a Naughty Dog or shutting down an Insomniac. It is a much smaller studio, but with that being said, uh, these are people that many will lose their jobs. Others will move to other studios within that PlayStation umbrella. Uh, it's unfortunate for the industry, and it is something we're seeing across everyone. Like, we've seen Xbox downsize. We have seen downsizing at Google, Amazon, Take-Two. Um, Ubisoft this week also made some downsizing, unfortunately. It's just something that's rampant throughout the video game industry as well as the tech industry in general right now. We saw a lot of hiring over the time of COVID, uh, especially with people moving to a work-from-home environment. Uh, and just there was a lot of money being spent in games. What did people have to do? They were locked in their houses. They're going to look at different things on Netflix and different streaming services, and they're going to play games. And because of that, we're seeing a dip come back down, everything back to reality now. And unfortunately, with that, some projects are going to be cut and some jobs will be lost. Um, it's very unfortunate that Pixel, Pixel Office is being shut down here, uh, but unfortunately, it is part of the business as well. Yep. Uncertain times with the economy. It's going to happen, unfortunately. I uh, wish everyone with pickle, pit pickle, <laughs> pit pixel, oh, piss, the best of luck going forward. 
Yeah, definitely not Pickle. That's definitely not Pickle. I mean, we I don't know if OG Flavortown is in chat, but his that. cat's name is Pickle, and he stops by the Discord every once in a while, so we'll bring it full there circle. Uh, it was it was a perfect mistake, John. Okay. Joey, Joey, I, Squirrel first off, welcome back, buddy. And uh, do, you do not have to flatter us. Um, we will accept the compliment. Uh, oh, Joey, we're handsome guys. Much. Simple as that. Your, your, your glasses look great. My new contact lenses that no one yeah, can John see. John and I both have our blue light protection on also. Today. Yeah, so fun fact, they make contact lenses with blue light like filters on it now. Like It's absolutely insane. It's nutty, but anywho. Uh, yes, Joey. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> One more bad bit of news for Sony. Uh, Sony has canceled an unannounced sci-fi shooter at Final Strike Games. This is according to Bograd222 on Twitter. For those who don't follow too much of the Twitter gaming scene, he's mainly known for looking over LinkedIn profiles of video game developers. He is very good at pulling everyone from the highest level down to the lowest level and looking through their different descriptions and such on the different profiles. Very well known for that. Um, as a result, he has found out this game has been in development for three years, and it was approximately two years away from shipping before being canceled here. Um, I, again, I don't know too much about this project myself, what exactly it was going to look like. I don't even know if the IP is a well-known IP or if it's a new IP. I would assume a new IP here. Uh, and it's also not something that is a Sony flagship, right? They're not canceling God of War or Horizon. Uh, this is something else that was in the works, and it sounds like it is no longer in the works moving forward. Now, with that being said... We've had a lot of negative Sony news at the top of the show. There are a lot of good things happening at Sony right now as well. They put up some record console sales numbers just a month ago in their earnings report. And on top of that, if you are on PlayStation Plus, you've got some nice additions coming in May. Those include Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, Watch Dogs Legion, Dishonored 2 over there from Arcane, Tomb Raider, also a very well-known series. And that is all three of those latest Tomb Raiders coming over as well. On top of that, there are other games. Humanity is another one a lot of people are excited about and a number of other titles as well. We're not going to go through every single one because we do have other things to touch on today. Uh, but PS Plus, you are eating good in May. Uh, part of the reasoning, I think, behind this is because they also eliminated the PS Plus collection uh, that was free to download up until... I think it was Wednesday or Tuesday that it got shut down. Uh, so a little bit earlier this week, there were just some... It was PS4 games, but kind of some big titles in there. God of War uh, was one you could claim. I believe the original Horizon was in there as well. Uh, and you can still play those on the PS Plus service. They're just no longer included as kind of a buy now title for free. Um, which is unfortunate, but again, guys, if you're subscribed, you just got a load of new games in there as well to go ahead and fancy at as well. Um... Fancy ad as well. Yeah, John, words are not in our strength suit tonight. Uh, moving no forward, <laughs> Tears of the Kingdom, guys. This is the game everyone, I feel like, has been looking forward to if they have a Nintendo Switch. Uh, it's on a lot of people's shortlist for Game of the Year even before they were able to get their hands on it. Breath of the Wild was phenomenal when it originally launched. While it did polarize some players, it absolutely capitalized on the media and sold tons of copies to players worldwide as well. Tears of the Kingdom looks to follow up on that and even build on it to another degree, taking things to a whole nother level vertically. Uh, there is a lot of height in this game. Um, again, I don't want to go into too many spoilers here, um, but there's a lot of height. There is the tallest of mountains and the highest of clouds, to say the least. Um, on top of that, it looks like this one is landing very well with critics, currently holding the highest ever score on Open Critic at a 97 right now. I believe the previous highest was a 96, uh, which was held by Elden Ring from last year. Uh, pretty much the 
Game of the Year award winner from almost every single award show. Uh, it did lose a couple of them, but overall a very dominant game at a 96. Now Tears of the Kingdom coming in at a 97 ahead of tomorrow's release. Yeah. I need a switch. Switch it up. <laughs> I need I need a switch. Um, please, people out there, use your Twitch Prime subs to <laughs> sub to OTN to help me afford a switch. Uh, I want to play this game so bad. Uh, if anyone has an extra switch out there that I can borrow for a month, you let me know. I will pay shipping and handling. Uh, simple as that. I want to play this game so bad. It's insane. Yeah, I mean, chat over here just talking about Nintendo putting out hits after hits, Squirkle in chat. Uh, I mean, that's the incredible thing, right? Like, Nintendo Somebody. is doing everything different from PlayStation and Xbox. And you have PlayStation and Xbox, especially the fanboys on social media, just going at each other, neck and neck, all the time. And then you have little old Nintendo over here, casually selling 125 million whatever Switch units, casually putting out 30 million units of their big AAA game titles. Like, this game is going to sell absolutely wild amounts. And on top of that... They're raising prices of things, and they don't do sales very often. Like, sure, you'll see Mario Party go on sale for like 10, 20 bucks off here and there. But overall, most of the Nintendo titles gain value over time. It's like freaking Pokemon cards. Like, it is wild how Nintendo does things compared to the other two that always go neck and neck with one another. Yet, the one selling the most consoles is Nintendo. The one making the crazy attachment rate game sales is Nintendo. The one who is always seen as the family-friendly is Nintendo. So I just, I don't know how they do it every single time, but it feels like outside of a couple missteps here and there, like you could probably argue the Wii U is a little bit of a misstep, um, but overall they just, they land hit after hit, game after game, console after console. Yeah, um, it's impressive. It honestly is impressive. Um, you know, you, you don't mess with Mario. You don't mess with Nintendo. It's as simple as that. They've been around for decades. They've been around for generations. They know what they're doing. They have a magic recipe, and it's working. It's working. And, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's honestly a testament to Nintendo and just what they've been able to do over the last 30, 40, 50, 60 years. Yeah. I mean, so, it's impressive. Yeah. I mean, Absolutely impressive cool. stuff from them. So, Very yes, impressive. Tears of the Kingdom. If you guys are diving in, that becomes available, I believe, at midnight tonight, Eastern Time. Not 100% sure on those launch times. I am holding off a little bit on that one. So I'm still trying to work my way through a couple other titles like Star Wars Jedi Survivor um, before I do eventually make my way over right. to that one that I'm sure will take up quite a bit of time uh, trying to dive through that. Next up, speaking of Nintendo and their ties with Pokemon, this one's a little bit interesting, but kind of in that same vein. Private Division under Take-Two Interactive and Game Freak, best known for their work on those Pokemon games, are partnering up on an all-new action-adventure IP under the codename of Project Bloom. The game is in early development. We know very little about it so far, um, but John, I'm excited to see Game Freak... Uh, not necessarily step away from Pokemon. Obviously, they'll still be involved there, but do something other than Pokemon because I feel like, and I could be wrong, I don't remember them doing anything other than Pokemon for the last 20 years. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of any other titles that they have done. I, I honestly can't think of any. I mean, that's Known what for. Game Freak is. Yeah, I mean, that's when you think Game Freak, you think Pokemon games. We think Pokemon games. Right. You obviously like, I'm sure they Freak. have to have something else uh, in development over there. But, I mean, Pokemon just is their bread and butter. Yeah, um, I'll be interested to see what happens. Maybe it is another Pokemon game. Who knows? It I is a know. new IP, John. It won't <laughs> uh, be Pokemon. 
Are you sure about that? Or are you sure it's not just like Pokemon Snap 2? Like, are we sure it's just not, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> well, keep an eye on that one. But guys, there's a little bit of concept work floating around. You can search for it. Project Bloom is that name. Again, Game Freak being that developer and working alongside that publisher of Private Division. Next up, Team Cherry Games. Many of you know them from Hollow Knight, the very well-known title that did quite well as a Metrovania. They have now announced that their highly anticipated sequel title, Hollow Knight Silksong, will not be released in the first half of 2023 as originally expected. And we do not have a new date as of yet, but we do have some nice little quotes coming out from a tweet, and they are as follows. Development is continuing. Excited how the game is shaping up. It's gotten quite big. Uh, not really too much to work with there, um, but it sounds like the scope and scale of the game based on the hype it pulled. Uh, I think it was originally shown at Jeff Keighley's Summer Game Fest. Then, or mm, I might be wrong on that. It actually may have first been shown in the Xbox Bethesda showcase last year because um, there was a little bit of a partnership funding going on between those two parties. Uh, it'll eventually be coming out on a bunch of different platforms. Game Pass being one of those opportunities to play it. Um, but yeah, it sounds like overall the game received so much um, I guess positive praise, uh, so much social media attention that they have decided to dive more into it, make the scope and scale a little bit bigger. And as a result, unfortunately, will not be releasing by June 2023. I don't know when it's going to release. I would guess probably later this year, but it could even get pushed into 2024 at this rate. I say take all the time you need. The original title was great, and I'm excited to see what Silk Song brings to the table. Bada bing, bada boom. Next up, Keeley. Good old Jeff Keeley, our buddy over there who has allowed us to co-stream his event the last couple years. He has announced Summer Game Fest has more than 40 partners locked in and ready to go. Uh, you can guess a developer, and they're most likely on that partner list. All the big boys are involved. Your PlayStation, your Xbox, your Konami, your Capcom, all of that action involved. Uh, John, we've had our critiques over Jeff's show over the last couple years. It did feel a little... Um, space horror game heavy at one long? point uh it did get a little <laughs> bit long at one point uh, i feel like overall he does a very good job and jeff kind of runs that line of having connections with just about everyone while he does tend to lean a little bit toward that sony side according to different fanboys on social media platforms uh it does seem like those connections come into play as he's pulled things from indie games to giant games like elden ring to your god of war trailers to Halo content. I don't know if you actually had Halo, but he's definitely had some big Xbox stuff in there as well. Um, overall, I just think uh, he is becoming the new E3, uh, even though he won't say that is his goal. It definitely feels like he is making kind of that E3-like platform, just a digital version of it, and then eventually we'll be looking to tie in more game demos. He currently does them. I think Steam is involved. Xbox and PlayStation, I believe, do demos uh, alongside Summer Game Fest as well. I wouldn't be surprised if we see something a little bit more interactive uh, later on with like developer interviews available for fans and things like that as panels. Um, but as of right now, it seems like we're just trending in that direction. We're not quite there yet. Anything else to say? Summer Game Fest. Cut the hours down. <laughs> Cut the hours down. I don't want another three, four yeah, hour I mean, show. That's the biggest critique, right? Sorry, like Jeff, sometimes like it's the content. Sometimes it's Space boring. Pirates is fine. Like we can have the same theme games that doesn't bother me but it dragged on like the game awards dragged on forever forever and the best part was that oh stupid kid God. crashing it at the at the end of the show that was the best part of the entire thing it's like it's like finally we got some action here like i'm i'm waiting for the next one last thing so i can be incredibly disappointed again oh no i, I just cut the show down make it an hour and a half speak like i'm sorry 
unpopular take. I don't care about the most popular streamer. I don't. I, I cut that. Anything involving streaming, just cut those awards. It just does. I whatever. Anywho, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the Summer Game Fest. Two hours max. Simple as that. Yeah. No, done I and agree. And I mean. Yeah, that we don't necessarily see at the Summer Game Fest version, but as far as the Game Awards go, the all that content creator stuff, it just feels a little gimmicky at times. Uh, even the eSports Awards, I would argue, like a lot of the choices, again, I'm not necessarily critiquing Jeff's show negatively, um, but a lot of the choices they have for those eSports teams and coaches and stuff, about half of them I would probably actually choose. The other ones I feel like don't even get nominated in certain senses. So it does feel like while it is a game appreciation show, they do try to stretch out a little bit more into the content creator and esports uh, than they might should, I guess, in a sense. Um, but it is part of the industry, so I get where they're coming from. Uh, as far as the Summer Game Fest stuff goes, I don't think we'll have to worry about too much of that here uh, outside of maybe a presenter or two gets brought in, and I'm totally fine with that. Uh, I do think we end up seeing... Probably quite a few big games. I don't know if we necessarily see something on the level of Elden Ring. Uh, I do think you probably see a new FromSoft game, though. I think we will probably... Uh, maybe their new reveal, but I definitely think we'll at least see... Um, why am I blanking on it? Armored Core 6 should at least be there. Um, I think you'll have some good Konami reveals potentially there as well. They may, they may come late in May as well at the Sony Showcase, at least a couple of them. Um, but Konami, Konami has quite a few in the works to uh, announce. Some that are floating around there. Some... Not quite as publicly known as of yet. But yeah, Summer Game Fest. Good times ahead, guys. Uh, next up, Riot Games. They have a new CEO, and that is Dylan Jade. Oh, gosh. Jadeja, I believe is how it's pronounced. <laughs> Again, not well known for my pronunciations over here. Um, but I think this is an interesting move as well, right? Riot Games has been around for quite a while. Uh, they've been acquired by Tencent a few years back. Since then, they've pretty much operated as normal. Um minus maybe giving the opportunity of certain in live events some chinese priority uh due to that 10 cent connection but overall uh just continuing to do things as they have for the most part uh ceo nicolo lawrence who has spent the past 14 years in the leadership role at riot uh, including six of those as the ceo is now stepping down in transition to have dylan move into that role uh again it, this is more of a back-end thing necessarily than what we're going to see on the front end at least in the near term uh but when any kind of ceo changes generally they try to keep things on pace but eventually start moving in uh their own changes to that now what those look like does that mean more games does that mean more league of legends ips from independent studios the riot forge uh does that mean league of legends gets a balance every week instead of every two weeks I don't know, um, but in the end, I don't see many major changes coming to Riot, at least in the very near future with this change. I'm excited to see what happens next there for Riot. Really Hopefully, am. we will not be throwing a Riot about it. Uh, <laughs> that was terrible. Uh, Spotlight Central, guys. Let's take a look at some of those indie games. Uh, I like to scour the interwebs of Twitter in particular uh, to find indie games that look interesting to me either from their art style um from their approach to gameplay just different things that'll stand out here and there most of these in particular uh, are art style based games that kind of stood out to me in this particular week's showcase that being said let's dive into the first one and that is scarlet deer Inn. for those on the podcast version you'll have to look this up yourself for those live with us here on twitch we do have a little bit of footage to show you uh, this is an embroidered action adventure game coming to switch and steam very interesting uh, the way they ended up doing the animation for this game. They embroider it, and then they use that. So it's hand-drawn first, then it's embroidered, and then they move that into an animation style. So you kind of get this brush tone with shadows added a little bit later on. Again, it's not going to be the 
most unique of games out there as far as the actual gameplay goes, at least from the little bit I've read. Um, but it does seem like it will bring quite a bit as far as artistic style to the table. Where did Twitter. you find this? <laughs> Isn't it fascinating, though? <clears throat> yeah. I mean, this is... This is so unique. Like, I really wish I saw this before we went live because I'm I'm literally See, blown. That makes it right even now. better. Like, <laughs> we're doing it live. It's like I don't even. They're 100 percent right. This has never been done before. This is so unique, so different. Well done. I, I like the thinking outside of the box. Like. I don't know. Like, I, I respect the crap out of them for doing this. Like, finding different ways to to come up with textures with, uh, you know, character models in games. Like, it's so unique and different. It, I just, I don't know. I, I love it. Yeah, I, I think it's it looks definitely great. really cool. Very unique. I'm curious to see how the actual gameplay plays out. But as far as the actual art style, it is one that will definitely stand out amongst other games for sure. Okay, next up on the list, uh, this one I am not the biggest fan of, but it is a cool idea. Definitely one I will be avoiding playing, but I'm sure some of our horror game fans out there will want to dive in. This one is Paranormal Tales, a next-gen horror game built in Unreal Engine 5. It is based on found footage from the viewpoint of body cams, phones, and VHS cameras. Um, this one is not for the faint of heart. Uh, it is terrifying to look at, in my humble opinion. Um, yeah, I am... I am not a horror game player, but for those who are, I think this one would be really cool to uh, at least take a look at. I don't, again, I'm probably not going to recommend it, but it is definitely unique in that art style genre as well. All good, no up. worries. And then you can kind of give us your thoughts because I know you are a giant horror game fan in comparison <clears throat> to me. Oh, yeah, absolutely hate it. I hate horror movies because I usually end up laughing at them. Um, so what is this? You're just in an abandoned yeah, house? I think like, people this? went missing, and I don't know if it's exactly based on a true story or based on rumors, or I'm sure there's some kind of horror true story stuff involved here. I don't even want to research it because it kind of creeps me out. Um, but just the idea, we've seen a few different games come out there. I think there was one that was going viral for one bit. Uh, it was a body cam from the perspective of, po of a police officer in a game. Uh, this one looks like it's kind of a, I don't know if it's a family living in a house, um, but you're going to need kind of the camera views from body cameras there's gonna be some cell phone stuff involved as well uh, as is some vhs tapes again i am not a horror game fan but uh, i have to give them credit i think it is a very unique perspective the graphics and unreal look a little too real uh for me especially not being a fan of horror games um but it is one that i think will do pretty well out there for horror fans from the indie side I'm going to go yeah, ahead and hard pass, pass from one. the level up. But for those who play horror games, check it out. And the last one, at least, and I honestly think this is the best of the three indie games we're highlighting today. This is from Fumi Games, and it is Mouse. This one's an FPS shooter in the style of retro rubber hose animation. Uh, for those who don't know what that is, think like classic Mickey Mouse, uh, somewhat around that kind of 30s era Mickey Mouse stuff. I love the look of this game. I think the cartooniness of it looks fantastic. You have some kind of older mid-century guns like the revolver, the Tommy gun. There's dynamite as well in there. Uh, I think this one is going to be a lot of fun to play with friends, uh, assuming there is a multiplayer mode that eventually comes with it. Um, 
does Bob Iger and I Disney know. know it, about it this game? It is kind of run of the borderline, especially with the gloves. <laughs> like, <laughs> like this literally looks like 1930s gangster Mickey cartoons. Like, yeah. This seriously has like copyright infringement, IP infringement written all over it. I mean, it's the very same style. The gloves, like you said, the overalls, the pants, the shirts for a lot of these characters. It's this is literally a Mickey Mouse ripoff shooter, and I love it. <laughs> I think this is great. <laughs> what the hell? Oh, no, Chase. Yes. Okay, so there's a story behind what Chipmunks just said uh, in chat, and I, I, I will... I will tell that story now uh, if that's yeah cool, no Joey, no no we have, please we have go like for it. ten I love seconds it. to spare. So Joey, uh, he and I were chilling with some other people uh, in the Rat Skeller at George Mason, and uh, R.I.P. Rat Skeller. First off, um, and one of the TVs had a news program on, and they're talking about one of the Mickey Mouse buses at Walt Disney World striking and killing a tourist that was at the park. And Chase was talking about how awful it was, how bad the story was. I was like, yeah, can you imagine if Mickey Mouse hopped out? I was like, huh, gotcha. And then the <laughs> word he used in there was used also. And Chase was laughing and was horrified at the same time so much. Like he had tears rolling in his eyes. And I started laughing because of Chase's reaction. And like ever since then, uh, anytime Mickey Mouse comes up, it's always, huh, gotcha. Uh, <laughs> So stupid. They, <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> yeah, it definitely took a turn. Sorry about that. Yeah, that's awesome. They, thank you, Chase, for bringing that back up. That was Stories fantastic. from the mouse hole, we'll call it. <laughs> uh, the new weekly edition to level up. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think this is great. Uh, it is one of those things, going back to the game, I'm curious, one, if we do see something come out from Disney, but two, and I don't know if Potaluck is still in chat. He might have left. Um, but I believe Mickey Mouse is moving to public domain here in the very nearish future. Uh, so maybe this game gets held off for release Ooh. until that does eventually come out. Um, yeah, because that kind of opens up that door, right? If Disney's not able to renew something on that. Uh, again, I don't have those dates in front of me, but I want to say similar to like what we've gotten with Winnie the Pooh, uh, with Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, or whatever it was called, the movie. Uh, it should be a similar situation coming eventually from Mickey moving into that public domain. Okay, so guys, if you want to check that out, again, Fumi Games, that's F-U-M-I Games, and the title is Mouse. Uh, I know it's coming to Steam. I don't know what other platforms I believe it is also coming to consoles, um, but you'll need to double-check on that front. Next up into the rumor mill, kicking things off, the PlayStation Showcase slash State of Play. Uh, we mentioned it earlier when we were talking about summer showcases. That one is currently set for late May, uh, according to a few different sources. I know, John, I think we mentioned it on Level Up. I know we've mentioned it on Discord. Uh, we did hear late May a couple times right around the date of the 25th. Uh, that has since been corroborated by Jeff Grubb as well um, from Giant Bomb. So he's come on, stated that that is what he is hearing. There's a few other people who have chirped up since then uh, and mentioned they've heard late May, early June as well. So I think there's a very likelihood chance of a PlayStation Showcase falling within that window. And if I had to put my money on it, I would probably say Thursday, May 25th. 
anything else for that one? I, in particular, am pretty excited. Uh, I feel like PlayStation is in an interesting spot right now. Uh, they're in a drier year. They don't really have a ton of big AAA titles coming out. They just had God of War, which was phenomenal. They also gave Horizon Forbidden West as a release title last year. Um, I think they're in a very strong spot for 2022 and a much weaker spot for 2023. Um, but they are doing a good job of supplementing that uh, with some big third-party games, right? You have Final Fantasy 16 under their umbrella. I believe we're going to see the announcement of a Metal Gear game uh, that is going to have some kind of exclusivity to it for PlayStation. I believe it's going to be a console launch exclusive, but it could be similar to the situation we see with Final Fantasy where they could say, hey, we'll just keep paying you a few years on here to keep it exclusive to PlayStation. I don't exactly uh, know what that relationship looks like with Konami at this point, um, but I do think they've supplemented well with their third-party lineup at least. Yeah, it should be good. Uh, PlayStation usually puts on a decent showing, so yeah, I, I think I think being excited for this one is is proper. Ah, okay. Swirkle in chat has come through. Newer Mickey is still copyrighted, like Winnie with the red shirt is still copyrighted. Um, so I mean, Squirkle, I could be wrong, but this is kind of like that borderline Mickey, right? Like this is close to that original Mickey, not quite. It's probably a decade or two after that original Mickey. I don't remember exactly when Disney started, um, but I feel like we're moving toward that older animation style than the newer one, at least. So I feel like people need to see what the new Mickey looks like because <laughs> some of them look <laughs> cracked out of their mind. Uh, hold on a second. Uh, yeah, Steamboat Mickey will be public domain confirmed. Okay, so for those of us here live, again, hey. perks are watching the live show. This is what the new oh, Mickey no. looks like. Look at Goofy. Goofy looks like he's coked out of his damn mind. Does Goofy have yellow eyes too? I mean, look. I, I, oh, nice. Yes, he <laughs> has jaundice. The man is sick. He probably has like liver failure or something. Like my dude is sniffing uh, the Florida bath salts. Like he is getting Ron DeSantis's private stash from his lower left hand drawer and oh sniffing it nonstop. Like. It's absolutely, and then, and then look at Donald Duck. He's got that look of like, hey, yo, I'm going to take your girl kind of look on his face. Mickey is like, oh, I didn't do it. Don't look at me. And Daisy's like going full Karen mode over there with her damn picnic basket. And Mickey's just happy to be alive. Like, that's the look on his face. But like, it's absolutely, like, it looks insane. It looks You're insane. You're not wrong about Goofy. That is it's quite the depiction. No. My dude is not well. Yikes. At all. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. Uh, yeah, we can keep that one from public domain for a little bit. But I am curious to see Coked Out Goofy at some point come to the movie theater around you. Coked Out hey, Goofy. Now available on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's see here. Uh, yes, PlayStation Showcase, late May. Uh, book it. It's just about official at this point. I think we will see an announcement coming uh, probably next week, if I had to guess. Next up on the list is AC Mirage. AC standing for Assassin's Creed. This one has been internally delayed from August to October, according to Tom Henderson. Now, I heard, like I feel like two or three months ago, that it was delayed to 2024, early 2024. I don't know if my sources are right or if Tom's are right uh, or if there may have been a change from that original 2024 date to uh, later again in 2023 where they're originally aiming. We'll have to keep an eye on that one. AC Mirage is um, 
without getting to too many spoilers, uh, it's going to take place in Baghdad, and it's going to kind of go back to the origins of Assassin's Creed, so not as much kind of, um, ironically, what the game's origins and Odyssey were like with those giant maps, hundreds of camps to go to and quests to take. Uh, it's going to be a little bit more like that original Assassin's Creed, kind of based in like Jerusalem and Damascus, uh, where you're kind of going around and actually playing a little bit more of a stealthy assassin than an all-out combat assassin like you do in the later games. Um, I think a lot of people are going to be excited about kind of going back to that more strategic, stealthy approach to things. Um, with that being said, it's going to be in one location, uh, at least for, to my knowledge. So it's not going to be as grand of a scope either. Um, it'll kind of fit in the middle as like a... It was originally supposed to be DLC. Uh, originally DLC, I believe, for Valhalla. And then it ended up getting spun off into its, old, its own game, but it will still be a little bit of a smaller version compared to some of the modern-day Assassin's Creed stuff. Uh, and yeah, so I don't know, again, 2024, early 2024 could be right. If again, I think I heard that like three months ago. So take it with a grain of salt. Uh, Tom also has some very good sources though. And he says October, 2023 is what he's hearing at the moment. Uh, next up, this one also coming from Tom Henderson in Insider Gaming. Call of Duty 2023 will be called Modern Warfare 3. Uh, some parts of the story have been corroborated from Jason Schreier over at Bloomberg as well. Uh, it's in development at Sledgehammer Games and supported by various other studios, including many of those studios with their names usually attached to Call of Duty titles. On top of that, it is known to feature a campaign, multiplayer, zombies, and a new Warzone 2 map. Again, not too many surprises on that front. And based from the Insider Gaming article, they're looking for a full release on November 10th, 2023. Any other thoughts on any of that goodness, John? Either AC, Mirage, or Call of Duty 2023? No, I mean, I'm looking forward to the next Assassin's Creed game. I mean, they are all great. Like, even Black Flag, which I was not a fan of, was still a good game. Uh, so super excited for that. Um Hooray, more Call of Duty, only if it was exclusive to Xbox like oh, Sony thinks it was. Um, yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm going to cool it. I'm going to calm down. I'm not trying to stir the fire. I'm not trying to get on the CMA's bad side here. I'm not trying to, you know, poke the Sony ponies out there or anything else. I'm just, you know, my gosh. Call of Duty. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm curious what they can do to keep things unique. I think a lot of people went in some Modern Warfare 2 very <laughs> excited. And don't get me wrong, it has sold extremely well. Warzone has landed pretty decently overall, too. Um, but there are competitors out there nowadays, not necessarily for straight-up Call of Duty FPS multiplayer, but Battle Royales. There's a lot of competition from Fortnite, from Apex Legends, from other little ones that pop up here and there uh, and take some spotlight for a while. Halo supposedly has one in development. We'll see if it's any good when it eventually launches. Um, but it won't be the last Battle Royale we see. There will be plenty more competing with Warzone on that front. With that being said, Call of Duty as an FPS is just... Uh, it's kind of like Nintendo, John. It's just magical in the sense that it doesn't really change much. It kind of stays with a very similar formula. But that formula always works time and time again. And it just continues to sell in oodles and boodles. And I, I kind of like that phrase, oodles and boodles. Um, overall, yeah, I just it's going to sell extremely well. It's Modern Warfare 3. It's Call of Duty. It's not going to be anything extremely unique. Um, but it is going to sell and be on the top of the sales charts like Call of Duty titles almost always are. Yeah, well, well done, Call of Duty. Well done. Uh, next up. Looking forward to things ahead, guys. Again, we're coming toward the end of the show. We've actually gone pretty quick tonight, John, even though we've had our little tangents here and there. Um, Zelda fans, obviously, Tears of the Kingdom, Friday. We've already talked about it a bit. Nintendo is also hosting a special live stream leading up to their launch for you guys as well. 
It's going to take place at the NYC store. Uh, that's the New York City store for our non-U.S. listeners. And it's going to be right around that midnight launch. It's going to kick off at 9.45 p.m. Eastern time and run a little past midnight to when players will be downloading and playing Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, or if you're in that NYC store, it's great that you're listening to us tonight. Um, but on top of that, you will be able to pull in your physical copy there as well that night. Um, I didn't put channels for this, actually, for the live stream. I believe it's on their YouTube channel, so YouTube, Nintendo. I don't know if they're doing it on Twitch or on any other streaming platforms, but if you look for Nintendo on any of those platforms, there's probably a good chance you'll see, if not the actual stream, you'll see a tag to where the stream is on any of those platforms. Next up, Street Fighter VI, good old FGC community. You are getting some goodness here with an open beta. This one, May 19th through the 21st, and it will include eight characters and various ways to play online. Uh, just taking a quick look at some of those characters you guys can dive into. That is Luke, Jamie, Ryu, Chun-Li, Guile, Kimberly, Jury, and Ken. On top of that, you have the character creation tool available. Some ranked matches, casual matches, battle hub matches, open tournaments, training mode, hub, good shop. I actually have no idea what that is, but I'm guessing cosmetics. Extreme battles, which will update daily. Game center, which will also update daily. Challenges, you guessed it, they're going to update daily. A DJ booth and photo spot, because that is exactly what I want to dive into when I'm playing a fighting title. On top of that, you get a couple playable stages. You have Metro City Downtown, the Genbu Temple, Carrier Byron Taylor, Tian Hong Yong, the Macho Ring, and the Training Room. That's quite a loaded beta, if you ask me. It is. That, that, that is a good-looking beta. That is a great-looking beta. Um, I don't know about you, John. I am not the best fighting game player. Uh, I know you've tried your hand at casting no. some Smash here and there, kind of impromptu. No. <laughs> <But> <laughs> that was a nightmare. Fighting games are hard, man. Like, the combos come so quick. And on top of that, like... Yeah, I, I very much respect the commentators for fighting games because as a color commentator, it is so hard to process all that information that quickly and relay it in an intriguing way because a lot of what is happening is very similar to other things happening in previous matches. So being able to link those movesets so quickly and kind of talk about the strategy behind them as well as what we could see coming next and to do it very quickly is incredibly impressive uh, and something that I am definitely not cut out for. My fighting days were back in Tekken 2 in the hey, arcade. That's there we go. I love Tekken <laughs> back in the old arcade days. Good times. Typically, I would be more of a time crisis person, though. Again, not a fighting game necessarily, but uh, one of those fun little arcade games as well. Over in chat, we don't have it in the notes tonight, but we have a little extra time, so why not touch on it? The new Quidditch game, John. Did you see that announcement about the Quidditch game? I think it was last week maybe that it popped up. No, I was too busy reading all the articles about the data mining from Hogwarts Legacy from like this like uh, uh, morale system that wasn't implemented but was still put in the game and like all this other stuff that like was cut at the last second that would have completely changed the game. No, I didn't see it at all. No, I'm too busy thinking about what Hogwarts I know Legacy and it's so been. sad and the game went through a lot. It was delayed what I think three times something like that It was delayed a crazy amount of times and unfortunately content still being cut but it's like cyberpunk right cyberpunk 2077 was supposed to have a full underground city that was like somewhere between a fourth and a third of the size of what night city ended up being uh some of that got moved to dlc 
some of that got completely shifted to a new game that's eventually going to come out later. Um, unfortunately, that is the way of these big AAA games nowadays. Things just have to be cut, uh, especially in that COVID environment with a lot of them being developed in. That certain work from home, while it's very successful now, I feel like developers have able have been able to transition to it. Um, but a lot of that early stage was like shipping out computers that could actually run the games for the development side of things. Uh, and unfortunately, content did get shifted and. One of those big ones was Hogwarts Legacy. A lot of content um, got shifted. And on top of that, John, I'm curious to get your thoughts, actually, now that we're on the Hogwarts train. Uh, what are your thoughts about the way they did attending classes? Personally, and maybe it's just me being kind of geeky, I would have loved to actually like attend more classes and do more actual student-based things uh, as opposed to like just being this rogue kind of wizard running around and killing things as like a fifth-year student. I'll, I'll be honest, I, I do not like the I didn't like the way they all. did them, but if they did them differently, <laughs> would you have done them? Yeah. I would have to see how they would do it. Like, I, I really hate how, like, the classes are gatekeeping, like, certain mm. uh, storylines from progressing. Uh, that's what I'm not a fan of. Um, but other than that, like, I don't know. Like, I, I have such a love-hate relationship with the game because like you play it and you can see how it could be more but at the same time it's like i don't know I, I, i'm so mixed on the game i'm so mixed like i, I want to finish oh it. you really haven't finished do. yet yeah you got to finish it but i just i it, well i hmm. the, the main quest line is not the greatest in my humble opinion uh i think a lot of the side yeah. quests and i highly recommend doing all of the side quests um, some of the bigger ones, like Sebastian's story, um, are pretty good, and there's quite a bit of depth to them. But even some of like the smaller side quests are pretty unique, and I think they're probably some of the best writing in the game. The main quest line, I feel like, uh, to be nice, left a lot to be desired in certain areas. And I think some of the smaller ones, and I don't know if it's a different writer or the same writer, but they went a little bit more in-depth and kind of added a little bit more, um, I guess, just overall intrigue to it. I was a little bit more curious with the way some of those played out. So, highly recommend checking out. On top of that, this new Quidditch game that Chipmunk mentioned in chat is definitely worth checking out as well. Uh, I don't know if anyone played, I think it was called Quidditch World Cup back in the day. Uh, I think it was on PC and I believe consoles as well. But I loved freaking Quidditch World Cup. Like Bulgaria and Ireland and Turkey and all these other teams involved. Uh, Australia, I think, was pretty decent as well. I want to say they were speed stat based. Um, but I loved Quidditch World Cup. And I think the idea of a Quidditch game... Uh, in particular, this one's going to be a little bit different. Instead of playing as the full team, it sounds like you will kind of customize your player and then make them a, what is it, a chaser, a beater, um, and then a seeker, right? Is it just three rolls? Oh, keeper as well, four rolls. Ha-ha. Um, yeah, so, okay, John, you're laughing at me over there with me trying to remember I'm what these roles are. Just... What role would you play if you were making a character over here in this game? Uh, left, left out. Ha-ha-ha-ha-ha. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't up fly in the sands trying to well. prevent students from being cursed yeah. by professors. No, I would be the one putting the ah. There we go. That good old Hogwarts fun. Legacy morale oh. compass coming into play here. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, that game needed a morale system really badly. Uh, really, really it badly. Really did. <laughs> um, but seriously, come on. Give me not necessarily you, but if you're creating a player in this game, and we know you're going to spend an hour in the character creator. But then after you do that, and after you decide that you're going to make every role anyway, like you do in MLB The Show, what's that first role going to be? <laughs> okay, probably I like seeker. It. If I'm being honest, yeah, um, fast pace, 
you know, you have you know you have one job like to get the golden snitch, like it's probably the most intense position other than goalie. Like everything else is just very straightforward. You know, goalie, obviously you're preventing uh, the ball from going through any one of your three rings, but, but the seeker is like, that's the make or break. Like you get that. It doesn't matter anything else. Like you get the golden snitch, you win. Like that's where the intensity is. That's like, if you're a competitive person, you want to be a seeker. Cause that's, that's how you win. Like that's, and I'm a competitive person. Like I, Go big or go home. There you go. I love it. Stepping up to the challenge, or rather flying to the challenge in this case, John. Uh, I think I would lean toward chaser personally. I just feel like I always tend to go into positions that either set up for a lot of assists through like playmaking opportunities uh, or the one taking different shots and opportunities in particular FIFA, uh, but also that original Quidditch game. I feel like that was the position I enjoyed the most, so I think I would probably lean toward chaser with beater as my flex position. Um, but overall, I'm excited to eventually dive into this with you and the rest of the OTN community when it does eventually launch and come out. And again, for those looking up this later, listening to the podcast on the line, that is Harry Potter Quidditch Champions uh, is the name of that new game. Ah, and yes, Chipmunk and Squirkle in chat confirming PS2 and the original Xbox. So it was over there on consoles as well. Next up in the notes, Destiny 2, for those playing that. Uh, Destiny has had uh, a little bit of a rocky time here and there. Bungie kind of working through some, uh, I believe it's something to do with old coding to some degree that they're kind of working through and refreshing because there's been some download issues with the game as of late. Uh, once they eventually get that cleaned out and hopefully before this new release, or at least a good chunk of it, this will be Season of the Deep launching May 23rd as that next major expansion for Destiny 2 content uh, and for players to dive into over there. Again, Destiny 2 has kind of been, um, I'm not going to say a rocky start. It started off pretty strong. Then eventually, a few months in or whatever, players were like, okay, the content's not quite here. It's a little bit dry. Uh, since then, they have definitely picked it up. Well, they have had some seasons that were a little lackluster and compared to others. Witch Queen was very strong in the minds of a lot of players. And then it's taken dips and turns here and there after that. Um, but it does look like Destiny 2 is trending in the right direction, albeit some bad download issues here and there. Um, but overall, continuing to lay out that content. I'm curious if we eventually get a Destiny 3, or if they do continue with Destiny 2, as the original plan for Destiny 1 was. Nintendo Live 2023, and I believe there's a competition open right now for you guys to enter to try to find your way over to Seattle from September 1st through the 4th. Expenses paid by Nintendo. Um, there are different tiers to that. Some are just tickets. Some, I believe, are full expense paid. You can go ahead and check out those contests. Check out Nintendo Live 2023 for that. I don't 100% know what this is going to uh, include. I feel like there's probably going to be booths to play different Nintendo games, uh, to sample different things out, whether that be games that recently released or new looks at maybe some announced titles that are getting a little bit closer to launch. Whatever that may be, Nintendo always doing their own kind of thing, as we mentioned many times throughout this show. Uh, I'm sure they will find something to deliver uh, and make fans plenty happy that eventually make their way out to Seattle. On top of that, they probably will have some kind of live stream corresponding with this. Uh, it could be something like BlizzCon, where they only give maybe not every panel, but some major panels, maybe an opening show that gets live streamed as well. Um, but again, it's Nintendo, so you can't really bank on anything except NDAs uh, as well as different uh, takedown notices as well that hit a lot this week, uh, which is pretty funny. There are a number of streamers out there on Twitch in particular that got DMCA notices from Nintendo because they were showing already approved footage from Nintendo. Uh, Nintendo just didn't quite do their due diligence on that front. 
um, knowing which footage they did approve for streamers. So a lot of people got some quick bans. I think Alana Pierce was one of the bigger ones that kind of went around on socials. She got banned for a little over an hour, eventually clearing that up as Nintendo was able to remove that DMCA. Good times, good times. Um, John, that just about brings us to the end of the show. Anything else you want to talk about? What kind of games are you playing right now? Uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor is the main one. MLB The Show, uh, every now and then I'm dabbling. Uh, Joey, it's Marvel. Hey, Snap. there uh, you go. So <laughs> the games are just so addicting, uh, and they're super short and sweet. Uh, yeah, I, uh, find myself killing time at work playing that. If I have a pissed off customer on the phone, I'm playing Marvel Snap and ignoring it. Wow. Uh, simple as Good thing John's boss is a <laughs> listener of the show. <laughs> Uh, John's boss can barely open an uh, Outlook by himself and barely knows how to open an email to type in it, doesn't know how to attach a file or double click on a file from an email to open it up. So John's boss is definitely not on Twitch. Simple as that. Y'all got any snap scratches neck? That is a great comment. Uh, uh, it is, and that's Goofy looking for oh the crack gosh. in Florida. Simple Speaking of snap, uh, after the show, uh, I think both of us are going to jump in there, but at least I will be jumping into chat uh, for our little snap chat session, uh, kind of jumping around, playing some Marvel Snap, doing a little, uh, some friendly matches, maybe talking a little bit about some deck creation and construction, just kind of diving into that funness that has been, uh, I don't know what number season we're technically on because the game started before in beta. Um, I think it's almost double digits now, but I think it's like the sixth official public season. Uh, maybe 7th or 8th. Um, but with that being said, it is Guardians of the Galaxy themed. It's been a lot of fun. Nebula being a new card in there uh, is kind of the front runner card on top of the season pass this season. Uh, but John, yeah, you and I have been having fun. We've been climbing the ladder. Uh, we've been playing quite a bit of control deck action lately as well. Uh, your deck in particular, quite frustrating to play it's against. Very annoying deck. Uh, but we did have a nice little match. <laughs> John had a pretty good lead. I came back. We, we came down to the wire. I think we each had like one or two health left. Uh, for the finishing match in that friendly, and it was a lot of fun. But hoping to jump in with a couple OTN community members playing some Marvel Snap here later tonight as well. Um, Game-wise, I've mainly, besides Snap, have been playing Star Wars Jedi Survivor as well, trying to work my way through that one. And then I've been working on an Achievement Hunter contest. I'm actually in round seven, which is stunning to me, uh, of a Achievement Hunter contest over on True Achievements. I think it's like 20 rounds overall. Uh, we're currently the top 175 teams moving toward that. I think top 125 is the next cutoff. Um, but overall, it has been a lot of fun to compete. Thankfully, I have two very strong teammates. My fourth teammate, not quite as strong. I think he's actually a bot, not 100% confirmed. Uh, but he's unlocked like... <laughs> Joey, I'm right here. I'm I not mean, a bot. I mean, no offense Hello. to this dude, and I'm not going to drop any names. But the guy has like he's made one achievement, I think, like every three weeks. And we're in this like content. It's like, okay, come on, buddy. Like, at least pop two. Give us two this week. Um, so he's been putting up some negative scores. It's been a little tough, um, but I am with a ringer as well. And that dude has been putting up some massive scores, uh, carrying many of us forward. So we'll see how it continues. I don't expect us to be in there too, too much longer. I'm pretty happy with round seven, top 150 or whatever we're at right now. But we'll see as it continues on and how long that lasts. So I will be popping some Chivos uh, here in the week ahead as well. Good times. Uh, with that being said, John, I think we're ready to wrap up. Uh, for those jumping into Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, have fun. Launch day is tomorrow. For those listening to us later down the line, I hope you're already having fun as well. 
All right, Nation, that will do it for this edition of Level Up Live. But before you go, make sure you follow the show on Twitch to catch the next episode of Level Up Live. If you listen to the show on our podcast feed, please do leave us a review. The Level Up Podcast is available on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, and anywhere else of your podcatcher of choice. Just look us up. We are there for you. And we love to hear from you. In fact, we love to hear from our community so much. There are multiple ways you can reach out to us. Joey, what are some of those ways? Absolutely. Head on over to Twitter and Facebook and find us at OTN Media. On top of that, you can follow us on Instagram at OTN underscore media as well. Last but not least, if you want to come check out the live show on Twitch, please do so. Uh, This show in particular records Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Typically, if there is a change of schedule, we'll tweet it out again at OTN Media over there. Uh, We'd love your Prime sub as well. If you have an extra one, come drop it by the channel. All right, make sure you tune in next week. That is Thursday, May 18th, as we continue to cover the latest and greatest in gaming and esports news. Do your ears and eyes a favor. Hit that sub and follow button to know when the next episode of Level Up Live is ready for your entertainment pleasures. We'll catch you all next week. Enjoy your weekend. Remember, be nice to your fellow gamers online. And as always, Level Up. up.